Today is May 14th. The baseball game got rained out, but we are here to answer your voicemails, give you some sharp stats, talk about the Yankees in many of ways. And I'm excited, and you're excited, and Jake's excited, and my dog's excited. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake. Recaps galore, weekly awards, stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. What is up? How are you doing? Thank you for tuning in to Talking Yanks. No game last night as it got rained out, but that only allows us to get two games in one day jake which equals a fun day of baseball on wednesday strap in but first we got to do tuesday which is today for most of you and we got to uh shout out the people that are sponsoring this episode are you ready ready tony mcavenue you heard that you heard that right we got another mick that's like six Micks in the last three episodes. If we don't have a Mick next episode, that'll be so disappointing. There's another Mick out there that isn't a Patreon supporter yet. I mean, now's your chance. Don't let the long, the long and true loyal Mick run end. Tony McAvenue. I think that's even really, maybe it's just Tony Avenue and he's just throwing a Mick in there to support the mix. There's always a chance. Would be the best Game of Thrones twist this year. Dave Kilpatrick. That sounds like Scottish. That sounds like it's from yeah, a it's Mick. Not, not. It sounds like a Mick country. Jean Tremont. Jamal. That sounds French. Jean Tremont. Jack Dahl. Yep. That sounds, that sounds like a toy my mom bought me because I was raised with sisters and jealous of their dolls. So they were like, oh, let's get you a Jack doll. Yeah. You Tell can't yourself have... that's what you were doing to the doll. Well, okay. And Adam Feeney. 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 You think he gets that a lot? Probably. Oh, anyway, yeah. Those are our most recent Patreon supporters. We appreciate you. It's $2 a month. You get a chance to win a contest, Jake. We have the uh, next episode. We have to announce the contest for May. We have a raffle every month to get you free jerseys from affordablejerseys.com no name on the back any player you want all you uh all you all you can get jerseys but just one but just one two well yeah you can win two you can win multiple uh, but two in a month and uh, you get live access video access all that my name's john boy i'm coming to you from new jersey and i got jake coming to you from denver blue skies behind jake not here on the east coast it's raining storming and that's why the game was delayed Raining, pouring, the old man. Snoring. Called the game. Took them forever to call this game. They uh, they were looking for that window. That's the new that's the new rain delay term. All about yeah. the window. Boone happened tonight. Boone said like they had their window to start it. Right. But the field didn't drain in time. And by the time they pushed all that water into the drain, uh, the window changed and it was like, well shit, now there's more rain coming. Yeah, no, let's call just call it. it. Call it. Double headers are fun, so we'll do that. Bring up was a twenty. Last, was last year cancellation year? Yeah, we had like five okay. in April. We didn't have any in April. 
we had two shortened games up to this point, but yeah. we didn't have any cancellations in April this year. It was pretty cool. Last year we had yeah. so many. First one. <laughs> yeah, this is our first one. <laughs> I just kind of forgot about it, but not bad. Doubleheader. Hopefully that'll be a fun, fun run Wednesday. 20, 20 total runs by the Yankees on Wednesday. Hot take. They're going to call up a 26-man, which will be interesting. Nestor Cortez will be on the mound Wednesday for sure. Do we have to do roster moves now? Andy Hart gets sent down. No, nope. joke. Andy Hart gets sent to the IL. Yep. Which is, uh, I'm just going to say what I said to you, Jake, which I say hesitantly. Okay. Get yeah. the surgery. Just Yeah, this is, you're in treacherous waters. Uh, Andy Hart can help this team significantly if his bat's back. Go get the surgery right now. Find out what's wrong. Remedy whatever it is because it's he's not a necessity. If GD's almost back, we can just slide DJ to third, or Urshela can hold it down until we have to slide DJ to third. Right. This is it's almost like we have a good good things happen that allow Andujar to just go get the surgery, come back to us when you're good. Because the guy that we saw for the last week was not Miguel Andujar. Yeah, he he was struggling, and it's dangerous territory because we really honestly don't know enough about the medical because they came back and said everyone they saw after that first doctor said no surgery. Um, So, I mean, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it would be a clean-up surgery or if, like, surgery is still a good option. They just said you don't need it. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm leaving. I'm not going to my jump-to-conclusions map yet. Um, if they can get me a healthy Miguel Andujar, I can use that guy still. Um, but if it does come back this time and they're like, yeah, you will have to get surgery at some point, it sounds bad, but, I mean, Gio Urshela has obviously stepped up and become Gio the God. LeMahieu was brought in partially for this to be third base insurance for Andujar either way. And... Dude, Tyro Estrada show. Um, I know it's early and I shouldn't be promising him anything, but um, my guy can play shortstop second base. Um, I I think he could play third in a pinch. We saw him jump to left field. Um, So there are options right now. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm not jumping to a, a surgery yet. Yeah, well, I'm not. If if he needs a surgery, go get it. Kind of like... Yeah, we we you, we have the flexibility to go find out what's wrong right now for Anduar. So that's good news. Uh, hopefully they can figure it out. Wasn't the guy we expected. Chad Green came back. He looked awesome. We talked about that yesterday's yep. episode. What were the other moves? Nestor comes back up because Anduar went on the D, uh, the IL. And there's another move, Jake, that I can't think of right now. Oh, Chance Adams comes up because la- la- lasagna goes on the il yeah we had a three up three down today right three up three down yeah something like that yeah cra- yeah yeah it's crazy pretty up pretty insane i mean that's i and i had a a nice mini tussle uh hicks cortez jr and chance adams up loisaga anduhar to the il talkman down talkman um, down yeah we forgot that and yeah, the uh, the just timing of it was bizarre. Like I, I just it rubbed me the wrong way that our starting pitcher for today's game 
mentioned yesterday that his shoulder hurt and we didn't find it. We didn't get an MRI till today. Um, I mean, it's, it's just nitpicking and it's just frustration from the injuries, but, uh, uh, I mean, bizarre. There three roster transactions after like a healthy weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we're doomed to always have thirteen people on the IL. Yeah, A Rod, shout out. A Rod, that is. You think it's his doing? Curse of the A Rod. It'd be cool if that was like we kept winning and it was like, and we still got our thirteen. It's like every time someone came off, we started losing. Fuck, hurt someone. Yikes. <laughs> Lucky 13. All right, you want to go into voicemails here? We got a good amount. I think we got to. You want to go into uh, a base off-the-field voicemail or on-the-field voicemail? I'll let you choose. Wherever you, whatever the plan is, I'm with you. Hey, guys, this is Andrew Collins from Villanova University, uh, originally from New Jersey, so I suppose I'm a transplanted Yankee fan pulling up the games on Reddit here in Philly. Anyway, I followed all the players on Instagram at the beginning of the season, and there's one guy that's really stood out to me as having by far the best Instagram, and that's uh, Chapman, at underscore the Cuban Missile 54. So first off, the dude invented his own hashtag, hashtag Chapman Swag, giga, two Gs, um, which is electric, and then every outfit he's wearing is just absolutely insane. Um, he's got a right leg tattoo that you can see on one of his posts where he's working out. It looks like it was done by Da Vinci, and... He kind of just cracks me up, like the collection of stories, the selfies he has storied to the, to the front of his page. So he's definitely my favorite guy to follow. Uh, wondering if you guys got an opinion on that, if you follow all the guys, uh, if you care. And if not, what is like another really good account to follow other than you guys for stats, news, pictures, inside access? Anyway, getting to be a minute. Love the show. All right. I mean, we've talked, you and I have talked, I don't know, on air probably about Chapman's Instagram. It's hilarious. Love it. He killed the game today. I don't think it's supposed to be hilarious, but it is hilarious. He had five straight Insta stories of just two dogs. He did? See, I don't check Insta story ever, so I only I only see what you tell me to go look the at. The Insta story today was straight gold. I. Uh, it I, looks I, like I, the same dog. Oh, no, here's a new dog. Black. There's two dogs, yeah. I'm assuming they're his. Um he but yeah, he does like five in a row and they're not really doing anything. It's not like I'm, I have a cute dog and I snap a lot of pics of them, but I mean, they're like doing non dog picture stuff. And Chapman was like, yes, Instagram story today. Um, yeah, Chapman, uh, we, we've, we've joked about it a little bit before. It seems like Chapman is a little intense it seems like he can't let that go fully when he's off the field. He's the guy that people are nice to because you just have to be. But, like, there's there's group chats that go over Chapman's head. Have you seen this one of him, like, sitting on a boat in front of a skyline with all his entire body is tatted up? Yeah, man. He Kevin looks swag. He looks like, well, I won't say it. He looks scary. He looks scary. Chapman swag. Google. Anyway, Dono. Dono is a very good account that I like. And Susan Waldman. Yeah. I just named the two old people, though. Yeah. Dono, Steve Donahue, it's just. It's I'd a like picture the three of, of, of like them a, together. Steve Similar Donahue accounts. is just a picture of him walking, and the caption is walking into open day like. It cracks me up. That's, that's Chapman swag. Yeah. 
Oh, Donahue has my video on here. This is when I learned the hard lesson to watermark my videos because Didi put my video on his account and then Dono put it on his account. And I was like, I edited that. Yes. I should have watermarked that. Didi, you theft, thief. When he had the, the umpire had a moth in, its ear, in his ear. Remember that last year? Yeah. Hope that happens again. That was cool. Not to a player. Imagine if that was that was uh, the 13th injury. Like, Come on, get one more. Don't say stuff like that, man. Any other good ones? The uh, the other guys, uh, they have a, the other podcast, the Talking Next podcast. The other guys, they do some social media stuff. Is there anyone else that you like that does well on social media? Glaber had his first like ad today for Bazooka Gum. That was a little odd. Um, trying to think who runs Pack. I'm a sucker for Paxton's face now. I just look at Paxton's face and I see a Canadian moose. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think who's whose social is powerful. Well, we both like um, Amber Sabathias. Yeah, I mean Amber Amber and Cece are kind of the goal because they're just they're real life people that happen to be this like famous celebrity family. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to see, but yeah, there's nothing much going on here. I I don't check Instagram unless unless it's the talking. Oh, that Clint Frazier dude, swag. He did another one today, Clint. Yeah, all day. What was his? What was his today? Those, I mean, I I just I started liking his captions, and then the the slave for perfection, always catting around because he got the cats on his cleats. Right. Here we go. Sub John Boy, sub Jake already from Providence checking in here. I uh, got a question that uh, is actually going to be more for uh, Katie Staff here. So I feel like um, in the last year, uh, last season, and this season as well, when the Yankees lose, they lose ugly. And I mean, like, I feel like there's something there underlying, like, batting average, OPS, uh, maybe some of the advanced stats in there that just show that when the Yankees lose, they lose worse than teams normally lose. I don't know. Maybe it's all in my head. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Jake sucks. Love you. Bye. This year they've been losing a lot of close games, but last year I think it like I think it was like this. It would be a good question to ask Katie to run down, but I feel like their run differential this year it was good for them for a while. Yeah, I mean I think the run def- differential still is good. I I just feel like last year used to just sting. Because we were watching the Red Sox just have such a magical season. They weren't out of any game ever at any point. And we would be down down two in the seventh inning. And we'd be going... Like, our bullpen had no, no gray area. It was either A-squad potential all-star reliever, or it was like Louis Sessa. Um, so it was just frustrating watching the Red Sox come back and win all of these games. Uh, while we're punting two run leads to the Marlins, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's why it stung a little more. So far, the losses this year have been two runs, two runs, one run, two runs, one run, three, two, three. So nothing bad yet. Three, five. Is that bad? Five, six to one. 11 Didn't to we just Wasn't our last loss by five? Uh, yeah, 11, I would start at the beginning of the season, 11 to five, oh, yikes. two runs, 
one run to 10 to one in Seattle's our worst loss. And then we just lost f- by five to see uh, the race. So a couple of recent ones by five and 10. I, I don't know. It's still a small sample size and body of work. I'd say. Yeah. But, but it does, it does feel that way because they punt games last season. They punted games and they were just like, this is brutal. Right. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, it's uh, Camden from Raleigh. I just read an article about how the Miami Marlins have traded away three of the best pitchers this year. Herman, that uh, Attic, and I think Castillo. Um, and I was trying to think of who have the Yankees traded away or Cashman traded away that has gone on to have great success. The last person I can think of is maybe Ian Kennedy with those couple years that he had in Arizona. But other than that, I can't think of anything. Let me know what you think. Thanks. We've done this a couple times. Yeah. And there's really nothing damning. Like, Ian Kennedy had, what, one good season. Uh, Someone just did did it recently, Jake. They did like all the prospects that have been traded by the by Cashman in the last three seasons and where they are now. Mm. I think, I think Mateo is about to get called up pretty soon from Oakland. Like he's doing well. Uh, right. Caleb Smith is probably the one that's doing the best right now. We traded yeah, him and Garrett Cooper for like nothing. Caleb Smith is one of the best pitchers in the National League right now, which uh, is is surprising and. Jimmy Jimmy won't buy yet, which it's probably too soon, but he's he's looked really good. I'm not trying to knock anything he's done right now. I'm just saying, like, you think – I don't think he's, like, a stud for the future yet. I mean, I mean, he just has to go through the – I said this – he has to go through the league twice. Go through the league twice, yeah. He's, he's arguably the most exciting thing the Marlins have going on. Mm-hmm. Justice Sheffield – did he just get a spot start and get sent back down, or has he made another start? Because I know he made one start and it, it was. They're bad. doing they're doing a weird thing with Kikuchi because the the Japanese pitchers are used to pitching every six days. So I think right now their plan is I think until injury that they're going to get him like one major league start a month or something along those lines. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Billy McKinney is playing. There's not that much. Jake Cave is playing. There's the Tyler Austin. Eric, is Eric playing Kratz, well. big playoff run last year. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. There's there's uh, there's articles that have done better research on that, but there's really no one that damning. You have to go pretty far back for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next. Talking Yanks. What's up? It's your boy Greco from down in Dallas. Two quick lighter questions. Hey, if Frazier gets sent down to the miners, do they make him stop wearing crazy cleats and tell him to just put on some Nikes? And B, so at the new Texas Rangers stadium that they're building for next year, there's an event food hall called Texas Live. I had lunch there the other day, and they have a restaurant called Pudge's Pizza um, after Pudge Rodriguez, and so it got me thinking, if there were any Yankees current or recently passed, they had their own restaurant. Who would have a restaurant, and what would it be? Would you have Judges Jumbo Dogs? Would you have Holders Hoagies? I uh, thought that'd be a fun one. Thanks, guys. Go Yanks! All right. One 
Clint didn't get sent down, and I don't know. They probably wouldn't make him change his cleats. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they'd say anything, but I think if you're playing AAA baseball and cat cleats, some people would say that's not a good look. Um, he he should be up for a little while until uh, – yeah, he'll be up for a while. All right. this is a, the, I like the second part of the question. Fun question. Yeah. So I only have one. It's an X player. So does it? That's what I. Are we doing current or X or both? You're doing all of it. If you can okay. come up with an answer, give us come up with an answer because you know it's right. hard. I have sticky fingers, and it's Jorge Posada's chicken shop. Okay. He never wore batting gloves, so he had sticky fingers all the time. As stick, sticky fingers aren't really appealing with chicken. Well, you get your hands all sticky. Chicken? Like a chicken. What chicken are you eating? Well, like wings. Okay, so well, wings is different than chicken fingers. Boneless. Which is what the boneless, whole thing was based on originally. Boneless boneless chicken, basically chicken fingers. Boom. So what's the name of it again? Sticky fingers. I thought you were going to be so excited to use alliteration. Well, first I tried to go around the league and think of a physical cork that I could play off. Okay. Whoa. Um, I just like I'd like to give Nick credit. I think holders hoagies. I mean, that would kill. Yeah, that would kill. Hold this hoagie. I mean, that's game over. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Sticky Fingers is already a restaurant in New York. That's why it came to mind. Okay, that would that, that would that be a good tie there. Um, like I feel like Romine's Barbecue or something like that. Anything CC. You just put CeCe's smile anywhere and it would kill. That's true. Um, yeah. What about Judge. like uh, Mariano, like a Mariano-themed restaurant? Uh, the Cutter? Something with like Cutter's Steakhouse? Cutter's. Um, yeah, or saves or closing or ending. Or hold. It'd be hold. like Mariano. Mariano would be like ice cream. It'd be like the best way to end your night. Something like that. Mm. What would yours be? Mariano's Sand Shop. What would yours be? Mine? Yeah. Um, God. So many options. What do I eat that's pretty gross that people at the stadium would like? Okay. That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> it's still everything I do. Um. I mean, I like burgers, but I, I don't really have any burgers pun. It'd probably be like s- story sausages or something like that. Nice. I was thinking of like a snow cone joint. That was for you. Call it a yeah, not piss boy cone guy. You don't have to enjoy the food. We're just trying to business. Just trying to What's sell. What's yours then? What's yours then? Uh, uh, Jimmy's Jimmy's. And it's just a sprinkles counter. No ice cream. Just only sprinkles. Only sprinkles. You just you buy a spoon, and then there's a cup of sprinkles down the row, and you have to get one spoonful, put it in your mouth, and you leave. It's one penny per spoonful. Uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's. Losing money. Oh, dude, you don't know the cost of sprinkles, I guess, huh? You should up your sprinkle knowledge before you come into a conversation yeah, real, like this. Real estate, at, real estate at the stadium is pretty cheap, though, for your penny, your penny sprinkles. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you ever seen a painter with a piece of wood? It's one dude holding one of those and having spoons in the right hand. 
like uh, real estate, brother. <laughs> yeah, real just estate, one guy. <laughs> I do it freelance. I just buy a ticket to the game. I go in with my it's easel. And my... You're in jail. <laughs> <laughs> you did not check with the stadium. You're now in prison. They're my number one customer. Talking Yanks, this is Josh from Brick. Yo, got a question. I know you guys don't do much about um about prospects and international prospects and stuff like that. Like that, but what do you guys think of this dude Jason Dominguez that the Yankees are supposed to sign? He's the number one international prospect, and on the 2080 scale, he ranges in the 70s and 80s in in every category for the tools that he's supposed to have, and he runs a 6.196 yard dash. And they compare him to Bo Jackson, and the two videos I've seen of him, he he absolutely mashes the ball. I want to see what you guys think of this dude. All right, have a going, boys. Love the show. Have you heard about this guy? They're giving him like the entire spending allotment, basically. The Yankees. Jason or another guy? Jason. Who's this guy? Jason Dominguez, Dominguez, right? Yeah. I think it's just Jason with two S's, but I have no yeah, idea. I love Jason, though. Um, I've heard he's 16 and he already has like crazy power. I've, I've heard he's supposed to be a power guy. Um, don't project baseball guys to be like Bo Jackson. Um, because baseball guys aren't like that. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's sixteen, man. I uh, I, I can't. I'm. I I know neither of us. I'm. If you're in your twenties, and you're a prospect doing thing in minor league baseball, I'll talk about you. Um, and I get into that because it is the lifeblood of an organization and how it refuels. Kid 16. I mean, he's he's a bat. Like, what if he grows up and he gets like a he gets a big growth spurt? He's six nine. He's like too tall to hit a baseball. Like, that's it. See you, Jason. Um, what if his arm falls off? What's the best slider Jason Dominguez has ever seen? What if he can't hit a slider? Um, so I don't know. I I believe in the people in the Yankees organization that are supposed to scout sixteen years olds. Um. You know my history with giving out awards to 16-year-olds. So I was going to say, I thought you liked scouting 16-year-olds. No, no, no. I keep tabs on you from your scouting days of 16-year-olds. You've hooked up with a 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 14. You were 14 years old, and you were making out with your I might have been th- girlfriend. Yeah, I might have been 13. Yeah. Okay. Just making out. Are you ready to put Dominguez in Monument Park? Monument Park of 16-year-olds that the Yankees have signed, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Josh, but you, you kind of said it at the beginning of your call. We just can't. We just can't. I just can't get into a 16-year-old. Give me any minor league stat, and then I'll talk about you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. This is Matt from North Jersey. Um, I'm sitting here watching the wise to get, get smacked. Uh, Seattle and the thought comes to my mind. Couldn't this be an opportunity for the Yankees to maybe use the opener, maybe with? Oh, yeah. We already talked about that. He called before we had that whole conversation. So yeah. Hey, talking Yanks. It's Eli from Upstate. So I have a uh, totally serious proposition. I think the Yankees need to fire their medical staff, and then instead of having Phil Nevin third, be the third base coach, he just needs to take over as the trainers and the medical staff. Because 
I think we need a little bit more hockey toughness on this team, you know, so when they show up, Nevin's just going to tell them to rub some dip spit and dirt in it and get back out there. I think it'll probably help out the team a little bit. Um, also, start spreading the hashtag, tear down the trop. Go Yanks. Oh, we're on We're on the hashtag, stop the trop. That's our game. Hashtag stop the trot. Phil Nevin's asked. I mean, he's volunteered. He's like, "What are you guys doing in here? You want me to help you? I can throw some weights around. I'll show you. What, I'll show you what to do." Phil Nevin's never touched a weight. Oh, you don't think so? No, he measures things in baseball bats with donuts on them. Oh, weighted bat workouts. Just bench pressing three bats with six donuts each on them. Listen to George. I listened to a George Brett interview the other day. Never lifted a weight during his playing days. That's crazy. Different times, man. Then I like there totally is a link that these guys are such high performance athletes. Now they get hurt, um, but that's also what they have to do to perform at a high level. So same interview, Brett. Brett George Brett said he played like on three hours sleep, hung over, ran the bases, and threw up immediately. Right. Yeah, it got brought up. <laughs> George Brett's awesome. Uh, yeah, Nevin for trainer. The training staff. I'd be more surprised if the training staff stays than goes. I'll say that, seriously. Yeah, I mean, at this point. I mean, unless unless everyone comes back beautifully... And they'll be like, wow, this staff did an incredible job with all these injuries and preventing injuries afterwards. Uh, but as of right now, yeah, you guys have done a bad job technically. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Proofs, hey, in, I've, proofs in the pudding. I've, I've got a half-serious thing. Um, I know Lasagna got mentioned there, and now he's on the IL. I mean, is there a world that we should have kept Gio Gonzalez on this team? Um... Maybe. I don't know. I think I think the problem is the first cookie that crumbled was Paxton getting hurt. And Gio said he, he like needed to start. Like he wasn't gonna be cooperative in the bullpen. So I don't think it was really an option, but I mean he'd be he'd be he, getting some run right now. He just tore it up for the Brewers. Just had a great start. Well, Monty seems to be coming back sooner than later. Did you hear that update that he's throwing mid nineties now? Yeah, yeah. We'll. Uh, I mean, we'll see how it comes out. And I, I mean, did, we'll see what comes out of it. I mean, he's rehabbing from Tommy John. They still don't expect him till August, right? Well, I don't know. He's moving real fast. He's uh, throwing bullpen sessions right now, and he says August. I mean, he's still got to do minor league starts and stuff. Yeah, he has to do a spring training once he's healthy. Yeah. Um, which for a pitcher is more intense. Pitchers report earlier a lot of hot. That's a hot take. Not a lot of people know that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see Monty when he comes around. It wouldn't it, wouldn't it be bad to have Geo on the team right now, but I don't think it. If I don't Monty's, think it worked. If out Monty's that way. throwing like ninety four, ninety five, like if he's at three miles per hour more in that fastball, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's 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 early in the process. I, I think he's going to start getting some miles on and you got to make it work for seven innings well six innings well five innings but we'll uh like i can't believe you're in monty mode with with all the other injuries going on what you're in geo mode he's not even on the team 
Well, yeah, I, was, I said let's play a game about it. Yikes. I'm playing a game that Monty's going to help us when he gets back. I'm excited about it. Nice. See him in August. Let's see what he's got. You've always hated Jordan Montgomery. Um, I just see him with a high back-end potential. And, I mean, we'll take that right now. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is Nick from Utica, New York. I was just wondering what you guys thought of uh, the Yankees building up uh, fielders because it seems like all of their players seem to be really good, really strong hitters, but they're just awful in the field. Like, Andujar can't make a play, Clint's dropping fly balls, and it seems like every strong defensive player they have, other than Gardner, was received from an outside organization, like Hicks from the Twins, Didi, and Urshela weren't from originally Yankees. I was just wondering, do you think they really focus on the hitting and just neglect the fielding a little bit, or it's just these players are just um, – Exceptions. Let me know. Thanks. I think it's a good question, but it's you. You left out Judge. Um, yeah, Judge is pretty good defensively. You added you added Clint in the Yankees homegrown. He's a Cleveland product. Glaber's a Cubs product. They spent some time there, but yeah, not they don't count as homegrown. Andujar. What are you gonna do? Dude was bad at sixteen. He was bad at. 20 like he never got better and they were just hoping he would get better uh who else has come up like tyro's good on defense tyro looks good um hey brett gardner's good come came up two decades ago um i mean gary has his flaws um let's say gary leans towards the in this extremely talented and yeah. has has very good defensive talents. Um, some of the fundamentals we obviously know. Um, I don't know. The Yankees just want the best ball players. Another hot take. No, I think there's something there. Like I think they're just they're they're doing bat stuff right now, and defense isn't a priority. And I wonder if it will become more of a priority, or if it's still like nah, offense wins and all that. Because there yeah. aren't there aren't a lot that have come up that have been great in the field. Well, it's a little bit future of baseball, man. I mean, if if you can, like, think about it, how how much we've spent on Gary with, if if he can be an average catcher, which there's a lot of things that show he's a slightly above average catcher, with the way he hits, that's incredibly valuable. Like hitting has just become so much more the priority that if Clint Frazier can be a 330 home run guy you can throw him in right field and miss a couple balls, and at the end of the day, the analytics don't look... They, they're they better than putting a, a 260-18 homer guy out there that plays solid defense. Yeah. Tyler, like new era baseball. Tyler Wade's fantastic defensively. That's the score for oh, yeah. good. Uh, Tyler Austin, not good defensively. Greg Bird, he was par for the course. Like He wasn't anything amazing, but I don't think he was tragic either. Average. Average. Uh, they say Mike Ford lacks. So I, I don't know. Is it is it how much do you think they care about it when they have these kids coming through? I mean, I, I think it still varies for per position. And I know like you can't count someone like Glaber, but when you add someone like Glaber to your organization to be your potential shortstop second baseman of the future, you're valuing his defense as well. So um and I mean at the same time, like Aaron Hicks didn't come up with the organization. Part of the reason Aaron Hicks got a huge paycheck is his, his center field defense. Um, so, I mean, the Yankees as an organization still value it. Um, 
I think just nowadays in baseball, the stick comes first. Um, but you just you can't have your defense be <laughs> tragic. Um, like we saw the Mariners come to town, and I mean it. The whole roster conversation, what that call was alluding to a little bit. I mean, Clinton Andujar right now, if they're not hitting, they're not zeros. They're negative points. <laughs> I don't even like talking about that. I know you don't. And we said you can't have both of them on the roster, but now Andujar is going back to the aisle to figure it out. So they solved that problem. Yeah, we'll we'll see what the Andujar news is. Uh, I think my my guess is that he's he's gone for a little bit now. No idea. Yeah, I just don't think they do it lightly. Like they're not going to put him on the IL, send him for a test, and the test says, no, he's good. And then 10 days later, they say, okay, great. But I was wrong last time on Andujar. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this is kind of the uh, – his his shoulder's not feeling 100. Maybe it's feeling 90, but they're going to use it as an opportunity for him to to get a little better and figure it out in AAA for a little bit before he gets healthy. We, we have no idea. You think is an option? I'm saying, like, injured rehab. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I, yeah, I think it's I think it's surgery or he's going to be in the MLB. We will see what the doctors say. I know, I'm just trying to think about it. All right, next is Pine Tar question. Hey, what's up, John Boy and Jake? It's Sam Collins from the Jersey Shore. I know you said in the, uh, the series recap episode you didn't really give a shit about Kikuchi using the Pine Tar, but... I was wondering if, if this was a – you think it would be different if it was instead of against the Mariners, it was sailing against Boston or obviously a playoff game, but you think it would be different if it was against against the Sox? All right. Adios. Let me know. I'm looking forward to hearing the voicemail episode on Tuesday. Adios. If it's a playoff game and he's beating you, I think you – you put an end to it, and then you tell, tell him. you tell your pitchers hide that shit good because <laughs> yeah. they're coming for you. But if you need a win and it's that easy, like it's on camera, like when it was on Pineda's neck, like there's no doubt that if we call him out right now, it will alter the course of this game. If it's a playoff game, I think you uh, any team does it, and then they tell their pitchers the next couple games, you better be careful. Because they got they got binoculars from every angle. Yeah, it's uh, I I think you and I agree that it's just it's hit a level with like cameras and everything that we need like a decision or something done. Um, because I'm at Kikuchi was had a science experiment going under under his hat, and it's like, yeah, we could we could stop this inning one. But then it turns into like uh, there's some like unwritten rules of baseball and who's thrown it for the Yankees and what do they use and I don't know they just need they need a little bit of a sandbox to play in because right now you you're getting no hit by Kikuchi and you're like well yeah he's he's throwing Vaseline balls up there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey John boy. Hey Jake. Sam from North Carolina, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I wanted to ask the question. Is it still plausible that we could win the World Series? Plausible? Is it possible? 
or is it that we need to give up on this season and we just need to get everybody healthy for next year? Thanks. Jake, do we have a worst voicemail of the app soundbite or award? Uh, we, we don't. Um, and I, I don't know why you're asking that right now. Cause I, I mean, yeah, give it up. Let's just give it in. Why even watch this season? Why watch the team you like play sports? I think Sam's was go- he called. I'm going to give him the benefit of the ballot. He just got dumped or his car broke down. He had to walk home in the rain. Like he was having a low moment when he called in on May 10th or whatever. It was either low mo low moment or he was trying to bait us. He's called. That could have been a bait call. Sam's a regular caller. And hey, that that plays into the bait theory too. <laughs> Just do you think they should pack it in? Yeah, because there's only 8 teams trying to win the World Series this year and the Yankees are one of them and they're they're on pace. They're doing well. 97 wins with 13 guys on the IL the entire start of the season. That's what they're on pace for. Yeah. Maybe they get better when some of the good players come back. Don't speak crazy, Jake. Well, you think when Stanton, Hicks, Judge, Patances come back, they might get better? Hey, don't don't put words in my mouth, brother. <laughs> oh, okay, next. Hey, it's Ben from Long Island. Uh, first of all, I can't concern that Dick is constantly disrespected by Joe and Evan by being called the other guy, whereas John, why you get all the credit. Uh, that's first half. Second half, I think Rochelle is kind of a problem for the Yankees, even though he's playing so well. They kind of hope and do hard plays third because, let's be honest, he's supposed to be a future third baseman, and when everyone's healthy, what are they going to do? I mean, where are they putting their shell? Where are they putting their new R? That was two. Uh, very quick hitter here. I hope they stay away from Keiko because, I mean, he has regressed. He's going to be expensive, and everyone's going to be interested in come June. I think he's just a brand name. I don't think he's still got it. That's all. Thanks, guys. Tell me your thoughts. Urshela is a problem. That's not even with Andujar going back on the IL. If Urshela regresses, if Andujar is not hitting not around this season, and Urshela regresses back to the duty is, then DJ goes to third when DD comes back, and we're fine. Gio Urshela is not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's, he's playing incredible baseball, saving a chunk of our season. And if the magic runs out, you point to his 200 games previous to this and you say, yeah, there's a chance he's not a great ball player. Um, if he keeps it up, I I think the original number I put on it was at 80% of this level he's like more valuable than Andujar at third because he's that special with the glove. Um, so while he's hitting 341, 396 with a 902 OPS, know that Gio Urshela is not a problem. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he says Andujar is going to be the future of the team at third base. I'm not sold on that. Glaber's the future of the team at short or second. No one should be sold on Anduhar as the future at third base. 
I can believe it. I'm not sold. It's in Cashman's plans for Andy Hart to be the future Yankee at third base. There's a whiteboard that has it. It's but, an option, but Miguel Andujar has to show a lot, man, a lot. And we we hoped for average from Mich- Michelle, Michelle Andujar, his cousin, <laughs> his teacher. We expect average. No, um, we hoped for average third base defense from Miguel Andujar if he got better, which from what we've seen, we currently haven't seen that. And then, Jim, I mean, your eyes opened it up. I, I was talking about Bregman last year, but watching Urshela do it, it's another world. Two different sports. It's In certain games, it's the difference between six outs. Yeah, you said that a bunch. All right. So, And then his second question is Keuchel. Keuchel wants big money. He wants like five years. The Yankees aren't going to do that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a world where Keuchel caves and says, I have to prove myself this offseason and not be attached to the draft pick. Um, I mean, is there a spot in the Yanks rotation right now? Monty's coming back in August. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it would... A lot would have to happen if somehow Dallas Keuchel signs a one-year contract. Don't be mad about it. Don't bank on it. Don't place any bets with your buddies on it. Um, hey, Joe. Next. Hey, John Boy Jake. This is Sam from Florida, and I'm going to keep this as quick as possible. But anyway, I see a lot of similarities between the Voight Bird and Rochella Andahar situations. I mean, think about it. Voight, who's a career minor leaguer who has never really produced at the MLB level, comes up and pushes Bird out, probably permanently. And now we see Rochella, a career 225 hitter, come up and absolutely rake while playing gold glove defense. All the while, at least in my opinion, proving himself to be Andahar superior. And honestly, I think Rochelle can keep hitting at this level. Obviously, he's not going to hit 350, but he'll still produce as he's made major adjustments to his swing and stand since 2016. And this has been his first consistent opportunity to show it. My point here is that everyone is saying Andahar is the third base of the future. It's his job, yada, yada, yada. Well, we were saying the same thing about Greg Bird at first base at the beginning of last season. Bird got pushed out by a breakout minor leaguer, and Andahar could too if Rochelle turns out to be legit like I think he is. Anyway, hope that was under a minute, and uh, peace out, y'all. <laughs> do, do, do you what think a delivery? Do you think the yada 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 was written down? Because best voicemail in the app. Yes, yada 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 was written. He's down. clearly reading. Um, <laughs> that, someone in the chat, uh, Jarv asked if that guy was on cocaine. No, I think he was. I think he was. He wrote down his voicemail, and he wanted to get it within the minute time. He knew the minute rule. Yeah, he was playing by the minute rule. So he, he so saw the parallels. So the, so what one do you think, Jim. One guy calls in and says Andy Hart's the third base of the future. Right. The other guy calls in and says he thinks Urshela is gonna boost Andy Hart out of here. Usurp. I lean more with the second caller. I that's that's that is recency bias. Like I understand there's so much recency bias going on there. But uh I think it's a coin flip. There's 50% that's just pure up in the air. Neither of them could be the third baseman of the future. <laughs> uh, if Andujar can't pick it and Urshela goes back to earth like you'd think. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's Everyone wants to know. <laughs> everyone wants to flash forward six months and see if Giovanni Urshela has a, a 280-25 homer season because then he kind of is the answer at third base. But we have no idea, no idea. The ship could sink so fast. Um, 
And I, I think it's an unfair comparison because Bird had some nice moments. Andujar had a full season of being our most consistent player. Yeah, yeah, he did. Second in rookie of the year. Should have been first. Wow. Hot takes. One more quick voicemail, and then we'll go to Sharp Stats. Hot Mike. Hey, what's up, guys? Calling for Talking Yanks. Uh, just a fun question I've been sitting on for a while here. Um, a couple weeks ago, the Yanks were in Anaheim playing the Angels, and uh, Zach Cozart had that weird neck injury sliding back into second base, and the Angels actually had to go to a relief pitcher to pinch run there. And uh kind of got me thinking, what happens if that happens to the Yankees, you know? They use up every man on the bench. Somebody freak injury. Who's our go-to as a pinch runner? Who's our guy that's going to get a pinch at bat? Who's playing right field, you know? Um, I don't know. I thought it was a fun question. Love to hear what you guys think. Let me know. Keep up the good work. So we've had a pinch hit already. Jay Hat pinched hit. <laughs> uh, but who would be a pinch runner out of the pen? I think it's Sessa. They don't really care that as much as others. He's in shape enough. I think Sessa's pinch running. I think Sessa's a pretty good choice. Um, World Series Game 7, Jim. We're in extras. Yes. You need a runner on second base to score on a single. Okay. What pitcher are you proving? Like, not injury risk. Like, you want a guy who's going to motor second to home on a single. Thin Canely. Canely's up there. Now that he Canely's lost the weight, there. he's got the energy. He goes smelling salts, pours the water, he's ready to go. He's picked off. If they throw to second, he's meat. But if he just has to score, like Canely was going to be my first to third guy. <laughs> trying to Chapman's think. a dark horse. If uh, you can point him in the right direction, I think Chapman's I think Chapman too, can cook. I think Chapman's too busy looking pretty like Dennis and Noe Sonny when he's like running like very posture perfect. He's like, I look great right now. Look how good yeah. I look running. I think that's how Chapman runs just very like gazelle. Like he does kind of look like Usain Bolt though. You don't think Dellen? Ha! <laughs> like a baby giraffe on the base paths. Okay. Um Ch- Chapman Chapman's got some, it, some stuff there. What about Chad? I don't think Chad's Chad feels like a distance guy. <laughs> like if, if we were running outfield sprints, Trent Chad's a dark horse, but second to home, I don't think so. Anyone in the starting staff? I think no. I, I think Hap would give you a good first to third. Like just I, old man, I'm gonna round this. It would be a perfect route. It'd, It'd be, be the perfect, perfect yeah. symmetry. Yeah. Um I noticed this was my takeaway from his start the other day. I think Johnny Luizaga is an athlete. If he was on a postseason roster, he was bouncing around like Mariano off the mound in that in his last start. Okay, I was gonna say Tanaka because he feels his position well, but he every pulls a hamstring every time he runs. Yeah. Uh, if collisions at the plate were still allowed, you go CC. Yeah. Get off the tracks when the train's coming through. <laughs> Train's coming. <laughs> Doesn't really matter where the ball is. The Train's, train is train has left the station. It's coming, it's dripping dip spit, and it kind of smells. No Britain. Who else are we missing from the pin? Anyone good? Ottavino. Vino doesn't seem like a runner. Joe Harvey. No. 
More like no Harvey. Ha! It's 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 Canely. All right, that ends the voicemail up. Now we're going to throw it to Sharp Sats with Katie Sharp. Got an announcement in here. Got some good info with her. Here you go. Hey, yo, welcome back to Sharp Stats with KT Sharp, our Yankee Rose. Little curveball coming at you, not Johnny Lasagna's curveball, unfortunately. Uh, Jakey intros here. I'm with KT Stats and John Boy. KT, how you doing? I'm uh, doing great. We are taping this on a Monday, coming off a nice win over the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Which, you know, as of this recording, they are still atop the AL East, but we just beat them in a series of three games. So, got to love that. Yeah, and we, we kind of we took down a couple of their big starters, and we had uh, what was a lot of good news just got shot down <laughs> by a lot of injury news. Jimmer, how's, how's your heart f- holding up, buddy? I'm getting so cocky. Um oh. I'm getting, I really am. I can't help it. I I love, I mean, confident. I'll say confident because I don't want to ever be like arrogant about it, but right. I'm pretty confident in this team and its abilities. And uh, was it last week or a couple weeks ago, we talked about strength of schedule and they hadn't really played anyone. And now we're acting as if the twins and the Mariners were good competition. I don't buy it. I don't think those teams are going to be putting up a fight come wild card season. The Rays are a good team. And those are good baseball games. So I really enjoyed those, Katie. I thought the Yankees, I mean, a slump will come, but seven series wins out of the last eight. And 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 the one series loss is that weird two-game set in Arizona sandwiched by off days with uh, Urshela and DJ both injured. So I'm riding high. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how anybody, any any rational Yankees fan can feel awful about this team. I mean, if you if you look at it, I mean, I've said this so many times, but four of the, their top five players that were projected for the the most WAR this season are all on the DL. Uh, well, actually, you know, Hicks came back, so but we actually have, we haven't played a game with him yet um, as of this taping. But for them to be 24 and 16 through 40 games on a 97 win pace, a half a game out of the lead in the AL East to a team that is clearly fading. Uh, If you look at the standings since the middle of April, it has the Yankees first, the Red Sox second, and the Rays are third. Um, If you just kind of, you know, every game played since the, since the middle of April. Um, If you had told me that at the beginning of the season that we were going to be in this situation and have uh, this this kind of results. I mean, I would have, I probably would have checked you into some rehab hospital or something. Um, and it's funny because I get these all these Twitter mentions like, oh well, you know, if the season ended today, we wouldn't be division champs. And ninety seven wins is it going to win the AL East? And I don't know. I just at, at Twitter, but uh, you know what I mean. You <laughs> yeah, guys, you I, guys know it. A stop trying to check me into rehab, Katie. B <laughs> Um, yeah, rational Yankee fans on the internet. I mean, you got, there's some oxymorons there, but I, I think to start, well, a little good news, bad news. We, the Anduhar, 
Well, Luizaga announces he's hurt because, of course, he was going to start today. So he's <laughs> he's just not – that's not happening. They called up Chance Adams. That is what it is. Uh, he's underachieved a little bit this year, and it's it's fine. Get get your shoulder looked at, young fella. Uh, speaking of shoulders, Andujar uh, officially re-hurt, which was going to be our first topic for today's show. Um, but we're going to have to push that back a little bit, which sent before this Jimmy and I into a mini, like, do you get the surgery already? Because Geo's a godsend and Tyro Estrada looks pretty good too. But I think we might save that full convo for a little big announcement. I don't know. Do you have the big announcement soundboard there, Jimmy? No. No. Nope. Well. <laughs> wow. The big breaking news. Let's there do the breaking is. news. The breaking news uh, tone. Come on. You got that soundbite, right? Breaking news. Do, 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 um, do, do, do. I guess, well, I guess those are the sound bites. <laughs> uh, sharp stats we've been doing weekly and we will continue to do weekly. And we're going to do it as its own standalone episode during the week. So um, we've, we've been doing it for around 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, keeping it high and tight, I think we're, we're going to try to open it up in probably 30, 40, 45 minutes, see, see wherever the conversation lands, because we, we love KT stats, and uh, you guys have been loving it too, so that's, that's exciting news, Katie. I know we just dropped that on you a little bit, and you got a big smile, so we like that. I do. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm so happy. So happy, you guys. <laughs> well, the I love it. The more Katie Sharp, the better, right? Yeah, yes. I love the segment. We've had to cut it short because, I mean, we like to go like hour 15 episodes and with the voicemails and that we've been cutting voice. We've been leaving voicemails on the cutting room floor. We've been leaving some discussion with the sharp stats and our audience and you guys listening have been tuning in to everything. Um, so you, we will now be coming to you four times a week. Uh, the voicemail episode will be a standalone thing. Sharp stats will be a standalone thing. And uh, we will hopefully you guys enjoy it. So definitely now send in because we will be able to do a little more. We'll have some like main topics with Katie and maybe some small things that we can like, you know, research and have answers for. Uh, and that's that. I'm excited. So, yeah. And the, the real the real reason we're doing it was because, peop, you know, when we got voicemail questions about which Yankee group chats are there. We we couldn't keep those contained either, so it was <laughs> it was a win win. We have it all now, uh, so that'll be coming next week. And uh, well, we we we've normally been doing three topics, as I mentioned. Andujar was one. We're gonna pass by that this week because that's a developing story as we're talking. And we'll start with some good news. And Katie, you actually kind of alluded it to there uh, when you mentioned our top five war players on the IL. We're getting a. Uh, I wouldn't say Jimmy and I were fed, uh, I don't know if you'd call it respect, or it, it wasn't a taste of our own medicine or anything. We came in not the hugest Hicks fans. After his year last year, how could you not appreciate what he did? And now with him off the people, I think Jimmy and I are full on, wow, this guy is very valuable, we're good with the contract, let's get him in, because he sets up so many different parts with this team Katie, t tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I went on one show at least uh, it, before the season and said that Hicks was probably the most important person that was on the IL at that time um, for the Yankees, and he would be the most important person when he came back. And I did that. I said that over. It was, I think, before 
Aaron Judge went on the IL, but it was when Stanton was on the IL. It was when Andujar was on, uh, Severino. So I am a firm believer in the fact that Aaron Hicks sort of is the fulcrum uh, of this team. And because of the way that he impacts the game offensively, defensively, um, with his base running, and uh, and the fact that he does the little things. I know we talked about that last week, and I just want to go through some of this stuff that I that I kind of pulled together um, with my little brain here. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that he is a, you know, obviously he's a switch hitter, and that has actually really impacted, not having him in the lineup has really impacted the Yankees' ability to to get the platoon advantage this season. Um, I'm sure everybody's noticed they are extremely right-handed um, in their lineup. Uh, very few. They have one of the five fewest, I think, left-handed uh, plate, batted plate appearances. Um, and they actually have the second lowest uh, platoon advantage percentage in the league this year. It's at 36.7% as we're recording this on Monday. Um, and that's the second lowest in the league. Last year, they were at about 51%, which is basically league average. That's kind of what, you know, the league is a slightly more, you know, you get about a 53 52% platoon advantage for most teams um, right around the league average. Um, and I think that's really, I mean, obviously it hasn't hurt them that much because they, they've been doing pretty well offensively and they do have a lot of right-handed bats that can hit right-handed pitching. Um, but I think what it does more more so than just the ability to hit, you know, if right-handed pitching or left-handed pitching or whatnot, is the fact that teams can't stack their you know stack their pitching staffs, um, and that he can break up the lineup and you know force 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 them to uh, to not be able to throw out a lefty there or to throw out a, a righty for four or five guys in a row. Um, so that's what I'm really looking forward to in terms of him being able to kind of make the, uh, the other manager make some decisions there in terms of what relievers he brings up. Um, and, uh, I don't know what you guys think of the value of a switch hitter is, but I think that that's really one of that have been one of the underrated parts of the Yankees teams over the past few seasons. The fact that they've been able to have, um, consistent switch hitters in their lineups to share as the Posadas um, and the Hickses last year. I read that the switch hitter is dying. That the, they're, the switch hitter, there are less switch hitters in the MLB than there ever have been this season. Wow. Well, that's an, that's an, that's impressive. Um, yeah. I, th- I think switch hitters are, are extremely valuable. Um, I don't actually have any stats to b- to back that up, um, but it just kind of from a logical standpoint, uh, just thinking, you know, even non-baseball, if you can have the more versatility you can have as a baseball player, the yeah. better it seems to me. Well, this um, is, here I we mean, go. So last year was the first year with under 100 switch hitters since 1985, and this year's number will most likely go up a decent amount with midseason call-ups. Uh, and uh, the the switch hitters is currently at a forty-plus year low. So it is interesting that we we yeah. have one of that we have one of them. We had Swisher I, before that, Teixeira, Bernie Williams. Like they've always had switch hitters. The Yankees, at least one, it feels like. Jorge. Yeah, and that that feels like almost like a mo- sort of like you know the, the typical money ball advantage. You know, maybe it's some sort of hidden advantage, or maybe it's a disadvantage. I don't know, but um. 
if it's something that is scarce in the in Major League Baseball and the Yankees have typically had an advantage there, that seems to be a good thing. Um, so kind of, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what he, how he can impact the lineup in terms of that platoon advantage. Uh, the right, next tri- thing. No, oh, I was gonna, sorry. I just going to say trivia question. Do you know who the first switch hitter in the history of baseball was? I just found out. Bob Ferguson, 18, 1871. Hey, hey, now that, that actually happened to be, uh, before the National League was formed, so... Um, <laughs> Ooh, wow. I don't know. Are we talking Federal League there, or, or what, what's your sources there, Jimmy? Yeah, we need uh, we need references, kid. <laughs> no idea. No, baseball reference is my reference. Oh, okay. Baseball yeah. reference is my reference. Yeah, they use, uh, they use before the... Uh, they use some Federal League and a good American Association stuff there. It's fun. Um, the next thing I want to talk about uh, in terms of Hicks, though... Is, uh, is his defense. And what it's basically do, and this is kind of, I'm obviously speculating because I haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen any sort of lineups or anything, really. Um, but uh, he's going to probably make Gardner a left fielder. Is that is that what he's slated to That's be what he's on, doing today, on yeah. Monday? Yeah. Okay, okay. Or, and a fourth outfielder. Um, and actually, that is a good thing because the defensive metrics have not been kind to Gardner this season. Um, he's been rated below average by... All, all of the major advanced mm-hmm. metrics systems. It's not like a, you know, a one. It's not like one UCR is saying he's positive and defensive run saying he's negative. Um, he's been below average in all of them, and I think that we can kind of see that in terms of his range and obviously his arm has been a liability uh, the past couple seasons. Um, so it'll move him to a corner outfield role and hopefully that'll suit him a little bit better. Um, and we know that Hicks is fantastic in, in center field. Um, he's rangy. He, he can obviously throw. He has that 105-mile-per-hour legendary throw. Um, and uh, so I think that that's going to actually help their outfield defense. Um, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that Talkman went down because he was a good, versatile defender. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Hicks absolutely makes up for that and more. Um, on the defensive side the running game is a huge thing that's like when we say you know no one steals on Gary I'm interested to see if people start testing Hicks this year especially coming off an injury Mm -hmm. but since the 2017 wild card game no one tries to take the extra base on Hicks it was like uh, Darrell Revis for the Jets back in (laughs) 2000 or in 11 you know when no one even threw him his way. It was like Revis Island. Revis Island. Revis yeah. Island. It was Loved just it. Like, no one even test Hicks' arm to the point where uh, he started doing like no look throws. Remember that, Jake? He yeah. started doing like try to look people off just to make the throw because he was like, come on, run on me. Uh, so we'll, I'll see how it is. But he really, and that's something that doesn't show up because you, you know, then the casual fan just watches and says, oh, they didn't take the extra base. Like, no, they don't take the extra base on Hicks. He stops that, just his presence. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm really excited about that, and I think it, it obviously comes with a reputation for having, uh, you know, for having such a good arm, um, and we've seen that. And actually, there are stats for that. Um, <laughs> there's a stat for everything. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he exa- he's actually above average in terms of holding advan- 
and holding um, in terms of holding runners on base, you know, not letting them advance. And um, and so what there's a stat on baseball reference. It's basically called a held percentage um, in terms of, you know, preventing people from from advancing the extra base. And he's at about forty nine percent. And the average center fielder was at forty four percent last year. So those are last year's numbers, um, which is very good. Wait, so uh, just to clarify, it's called a held percentage. I get, I get that. Held so percentage. A yep. runner's on second base. Hicks goes back to catch the ball. The runner does not tag up and go to third. Is exactly. There, is Those there, types of things. Is there any um, outliers or is there any options or I'm blanking on the word. Is there any other things that go into that? Like where the ball is? No, no, so no, it's no. Just, it's, it's just blanket. It's, this is, yeah, there – there might be something. I think I don't think there's anything on StatGuest yet. So in it's terms like of that, ho- but they're ho- probably developing something. So but like yeah. Jose Molina not tagging up would be the same as Byron Buxton not tagging. It Unfortunately, all, yeah. All so there's not a lot of context, but just no. I still think it. I still think yeah. it's a good to a good stat. I was just trying to piece it together. Yep, yep. So it, there's no context to it. It's just basically, is there a flyout guy on third? You know, less than two outs. Does he advance home? Or, you know, that type of thing. Is he on second? Does he advance? Um, or even on, like, a double with a runner on fa- first, does he get home? Or does he just, you know, go to third? That type of thing. Hold him at third. So, yeah. So he is well above average in terms of that. Um, and so that, that is something that I think, you know, that's obviously going to help them defensively. And uh, the last thing, uh, you know, a couple other things that I just kind of want to touch on um, is that one thing that I think is really important is that the major league averages for center fielder, like sort of the baseline, is really low. Um, right this year, the line, the average line for a center fielder is 230-305-378. Uh, that's batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, <laughs> which comes out to an OPS of, you know, 683, which is so low that uh, Brett Gardner actually surpasses that this year. Um don't, don't. I, people aren't ready to hear that. Katie. I, I don't know what I, I know. I probably just set off a firestone on Twitter or something. <laughs> um, but uh, with his, you know, it's been all the plate appearances have gone to Gardner and Talkman this season at center field. And the Yankees actually rank 10th in OPS among center fielders, um, which is which is remarkable um, with but the bulk of that coming from Gardner, who actually has a 700 OPS and is a well is above the league average. So if you can plug in Hicks at center field, who last year had an 892 OPS, uh, you know, as we mentioned before with Gary last year, that is an enormous advantage for your lineup. Yeah. yeah. Both those spots. And I, I think, I think importantly, going back to the defense, you obviously mentioned, I mean, Gardy goes to left field where he's, you know, been gold glove caliber <laughs> And I think the big thing that that people have <laughs> you've had to open your eyes as a Yankee fan recently is that outfield isn't just playing outfield. Um, I'm I'm not going to just put Clint in front of a big bus, but Brett Gardner's playing out of position. Uh, Brett Gardner is coming up on 36 in August and has been playing uh, slightly below average defensive center field. Um, and while uh, kind somewhat shockingly hitting better than your average <laughs> regular center field. So I, I think that's important 
that's a that's one of the wars I've been fighting on the internet is the fact that a playing each outfield position isn't just flip a coin and play, catch some balls out there. They are different positions. So Brett's been out of position, doing an all right job and starting to slide into the third and a half, fourth, fifth outfielder that he was expected to be on this team. Yeah, yeah. I hope that. I hope that. I wish Clint could spell him a little bit, but we'll wait till Stanton and Judge come back, and then we'll see what happens with Maven and Clint. Because um, Clint still needs to start hitting. But it's good that Gardner goes back to left field. Because at Yankee Stadium, I mean, I, this, is, this, is, this is a weird sentence. Brett Gardner is the best player in the entire MLB at playing left field at Yankee Stadium. Exactly. I mean, it's it's he has not a lay, easy He has a either. leg up. He has a leg up that he does it 90 right. games every season, obviously. But I'm saying he's very good at it. Yeah, it's not easy either. It's one of the bigger left fields in of, of any stadium in, in the league. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, you know, he get, he should he needs to get a little bit more credit for being able to uh, to handle that position so well, um, being, you know, 36, 35 years old. Um, at this stage in his career. Um, so, yeah, and I think the other aspect of, of Hicks, obviously, is his ability to impact the top of the lineup. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, DJ LeMahieu, he's been doing great at the top. Um, he, he currently has, I think, I wrote it, I got it down here. He's got a 382 OBP and an 864 OPS as the number one uh, hitter in the lineup, as the leadoff batter, which is roughly what uh, Hicks did last year um, as the leadoff batter. Hicks was slightly better. So I think it'll be interesting. I didn't I didn't get to check the lineup today. Is Did they have uh, DJ still at the top? He's sitting today. He's getting a day off. Oh, okay. So they do have Hicks at the top. So yeah. I think that, that, you know, that gives them even more versatility with their lineups. Um, you can either bat DJ at as leadoff, you can bat Hicks as leadoff. Hicks has shown that he's he's hit really well, even in like a cleanup spot, um, a place like that. Uh, DJ can then you know maybe you shift him down in the lineup and have him have him you know impact at a more of an RBI position in the in the order. Um, so I think that you know this is going to be really good in terms of uh, Aaron Boone being able to uh, to be flexible. Um, so. Yeah, and uh, we we know how huge that is to this team. Uh, to whether whether it's injuries, rest days, or just trying to put out a lineup to mess with a pitcher, they're going to do that, and they love what Hicks does with that. And uh, as you're mentioning his effect on the top of the lineup, I mean, this is how they do it in the biz, Katie. Yeah. What's going on with the bottom of the lineup? I I know uh, that a couple weeks ago it leaked out. It was it was right when the the lineup was at the kind of its peak of looking funny. And then that stat came out that the Yankees had the best seven, eight, nine hitting hitters in the league, and everyone was like, "What?" Um, so, what? Tell tell us more about what's going on. I missed there. that stat. The Yankees yeah. have the most productive seven, eight, nine in the league. Well, let me explain it to you, Jimmy. Here, that's am, what I'm, I'm here for, right? I'm very excited when you emailed us uh, the topics, and you know, we were we were curating our list for today. I was talking with Jake at the time. I was very excited for this most interested in this the lineup depth because our bottom of the lineup has been triple a guys i'm oh i'm sick of that joke that everyone keeps riding with now because i think it's almost getting disrespectful now like they're professionals 
but they they started the year in AAA and they're the best in the league. I'm so interested. Almost the best in the league. No, we'll just say the best. It. We'll we're say the best. It. Okay, we're the best, basically. <laughs> so um, they are. Uh, so if you look at the uh, the seven, eight, nine uh, spots in the lineup, um, and we are excluding pitchers from this, so it, it puts sort of the uh, I guess. It, it, you know, obviously, it gives a little bit of a disadvantage to the uh, to the NL teams, but we're gonna just roll with this right now. Um, they are third in OPS, fourth in slugging, second in batting average, fourth in OBP um, from the uh, from those spots in the order, um, which is I think phenomenal considering the people that we have, like you said, the people that we have typically at that at those places in the order. Um, and I think that's obvious, you know, that's clearly um, a, a sign of the depth that Cashman built this offseason. Um, he wasn't content, obviously, with having just a nine starters. Um, he really, I think he needs to be commended for the job that he's done, um, you know, kind of thinking more about depth rather than star power. I know there are so many haters out there who wanted Machado and who wanted Harper, but if you know, if we had gotten either, I this is my opinion. I'm just gonna do a little bit of a hot take here. But if we had gotten either of those guys, we would not be in this same situation today because we would not have the capacity to go out and get a DJ LeMahieu to get a, um, to get it. You know, a Cameron Mayrid or or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that the depth of this lineup, you know, it shows up there, uh, and um, you know, just a, just a couple other things from those seven, eight, nine spots in the order. Only only two teams have more homers from those spots than the Yankees, and only uh, three teams have more RBIs this season from those spots. And we were far worse last year um, in so, those rankings. Just to put this into kind of perspective, the seven, eight, nine for the Yankees are top tier among the MLB in production. Does that sum it up? Is that an accurate statement? Uh, that's the most accurate statement you said today, I think. <laughs> okay, and check this out. Tyler Wade has been in the nine hole no. 12 times, the eight hole three times, and he's never been uh, seven. So Tyler Wade has made 15 appearances in 40 games in those spots, and the Yankees still are top tier in production in the MLB. Do you want to hear some seven, eight, nine uh, hole guys, Jake, that we're talking about just to put it in more perspective? Sure, James. Last couple games, Mabin, Romine, Talkman. Urshela, Mabin, Talkman. Urshela, Estrada, Talkman. Urshela, Mabin, Gardner. Mabin, Romine, Talkman. Talkman, Mabin, Estrada. Urshela, Mabin, Gardner. Anduhar, Urshela, Talkman. Want to hear uh, a real fun joke? Yes. The first three, the the the, fir- the first game of the year, Bird, <laughs> Torres, Tulowitzki. Do you remember Tulowitzki? He was a Yankee. No. Who? <laughs> No. Troy Tulowitzki. He's my favorite Colorado Rocky player. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's good good in Toronto too. No, and it's uh, uh and I I know Jimmy hates the hates the joke, but I just I I just want to say it to put more perspective on it. These aren't our seven, eight, nine hitters. These are our fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hitters that are doing top tier stuff. And it, it goes with that Billy Bean quote today. I don't know if you saw it, Katie, but I'll I'll let Jimmy recite close to it if if you haven't. Yeah, it's actually a really good quote. It's, oh, yes, uh, I think I did see this. Teams with less money don't usually have the ability to build that kind of depth. 
Teams with more don't usually go to the lengths to prepare the same way they have. The Dodgers have done it too. It's a problem for the rest of the league when two of the biggest market teams adopt the same kind of model and have the ability to do it better than small market clubs. They didn't get lucky. They realized even the smallest transactions, i.e. Urshela last year, Talkman at the beginning of the year, even the smallest transactions were very important. It makes Luke dealing Voigt. Luke Voigt. <laughs> yeah. It makes dealing with cash a pain in the ass. And you can quote me on that. Billy Bean said that. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic article on the Athletic today. Um, I suggest uh, anybody who has a subscription check it out. And if you don't have a subscription to the Athletic, uh, I suggest you get one. Yep. Um, but uh, I'm not, you know, obviously not going to force anybody to uh, to spend, you know, a cup of coffee a day. Or actually, a cup of coffee a month it is um, to get some really high quality uh, to writing. But I digress. Um, the uh, a couple other things I just want to kind of point out to show how how deep how deep this team is is that so we are forty games into the season and they have had thirty nine different batting orders. If you think about that, the ability of Aaron Boone to kind of juggle that this whole mess. They've had 39 different batting orders and 36 different defensive lineups, which I think is actually even more remarkable because usually the defensive lineup yeah. is where what stays, you know. Um, you, you'll switch the batting order up to get, you know, guys who are hot or, you know, maybe guys are slumping a little bit, give them a little bit of a rest. But when you have 36 different defensive lineups and none have been used for more than two games, like think about that. There hasn't been a single defensive lineup um, that has been used three times this season. The same one. Yeah. Um, I am a big nerd for the that page on Baseball Reference. Like, that's what I was just reading to you, the batting yeah. order page. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm, I, I spent hours on there back when I had a 9-to-5 and I needed to kill time. <laughs> just tracking. It's bizarre. So the 2009 Yankees, they had a solid infield it was a rod jeter cano Teixeira, posada behind the plate and then in the outfield you had matsui uh damon and then melky slash gardner like that was the the squad it was pretty set in stone only 15 games out of 162 saw the same exact one through nine it's very rare it's crazy that's a lot six yeah 15 only people realize like how often last year i think the most was six one team had the same one through nine six times. We currently have it twice, the Yankees. It's bizarre. Yeah. Need I mean, Tulo and Birdie just, back. It's just it's 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 incredible. I mean, what this team if you if you had, you know, foreshadowed the injuries and everything to to everybody, and the fact that I'm just looking at this right now, every single position, you know, except for DH, which is not really a position at this point. Um, every single position on the Yankees has a positive wins above replacement. Um, if you're looking at uh, baseball reference, uh, so that's taking into account the fact that we've had to play, you know, Mike Talkman, we've at center field, we've had to play Tyler Wade at several positions. We didn't want to play him. <laughs> uh, we've had, you know, we've had Gio Urshela who before this season had a six something OPS uh, and he's been, you know, playing. He's had more plate appearances than, you know, 75% of the people on the lineup. I think that that is sort of one of the most incredible stats that you can say about this team. 
Yeah. I didn't know there. I, I missed it. I guess you, it came out or you tweeted a couple days ago about the 789. That's that is. I said I was cocky and confident at the top of this little section. I mean, that just put me over the edge. Our and, seven, and we, eight, we, we saw it on 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 Sunday. What did we see? We saw the double by Romine. We saw the, you know, I think he was hit double eight. by Talkman. We saw the double by Talkman hitting nine. And there there's your win. There, there are your runs. I love it. Absolutely love it. Great. Is ours? Can you, Katie? Uh, can you go find how many one two threes or two three fours our seven eight nines better than? Is that a possibility? And then we can just tweet at those clubs and say our seven eight nines better than your one two three. Oh uh, yeah, I can definitely do that. I can't do it right now. No, no. But no. um, but yeah, that's a little project I can do. Shouldn't yeah. take too much effort. I wonder how many teams out there are running out weaker one two threes than our seven eight nine. Jake, what do you think? Orioles, we're playing them let's, right now. Are yeah, they one of let's them? Let's do a let's do a draft. Let's draft teams. Oh, <laughs> draft. Um, sheesh. First Mar- pick Marlins, San Francisco Giants. Easy. Oh yeah. Marlins. Easy. They've scored five runs in the first inning. The San Francisco Giants. The entire season. What? <laughs> this was as of I think Sunday morning. Did you see that uh, every pitcher? Well, the two pitchers we faced have been off the team now. Uh, Derek Rodriguez and oh yes, I forget who's the other Derek Holland. Uh, both Derek, Derek Holland, both, both Fake, Derek's. They both are yeah, off he, the team. So we not only faced like a bad Giants team, we faced the worst of that Giants team. Yes, that was awesome. That's good. That's good stuff. All right, I think that's it. Right, uh, this one's yeah. a little shorter, but in the future. We will be, this will be its standalone episode. And uh, we hope you guys are as excited as we are to bring you uh, just more content. It means that instead of uh, a series recap and a series recap and a voicemail plus this, it'll be a series recap, series recap, voicemails, sharp stats. Enjoy. Thank you as always, Katie. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Go tell Katie. She did a fantastic job. We will be back on Wednesday night if you're a Patreon member. Thursday morning if you're not and you listen on the on the apps to recap the three-game set versus the Orioles, which will have two games on Wednesday. So, big Wednesday. I'd expect a loopy ep out of us on Wednesday after the doubleheader. Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday. Thank you guys for listening. If you want, you can leave a review and a five-star rating. If you don't want to, don't do it. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.